You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jen. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Michael Jammon. I'm here with Phil Hudson. And today we're answering the question, or at least we're asking it. Who knows if we'll have an answer. Should I go to film school? I get this one a lot. Let's yeah. talk about it. Um, well, first of all, Phil, you're, you're better. You, you might be better than me to answer because you actually went to film school. Where'd you go? I went to Santa Fe University of Art and Design, and I got a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Film Story Development from a and how, film school there. How many years of that degree? It's a four-year so, degree. Took oh my me, God. It, yeah. It's a bachelor's program. So it wasn't like a master's, like an NYU right. master's in film. It was a bachelor's degree. And I remember when I was contemplating going, I just really met you. I'd been working with your wife for a while. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, should I go there or should I go to Hollywood? And you said, well, I don't know how valuable film school is outside of the network you'll build there, mm-hmm. um, but the work's here. So that's a personal choice. And you, then you said, well, at least you'll be able to teach college. And I said, well, right. I don't know if I will because it won't have a master's. And you're like, oh no. Yeah. Well, how much how much did that degree cost? Well, mo- not necessarily you, but most people. Yeah. So the school, it was $30,000 a year. Okay. So it's $120,000 to get a four-year degree. Right. And I think at the time, the average student would take about five years to get a bachelor's degree. So it was actually, it would oh, be wow. $150,000 for that degree. Because I just Googled USC film school and it's 53000 a year. And I don't know if it's two or three years, but either way, it's enough to give you you know, heart palpitations. Yeah. Uh, uh, to put this into perspective, my brother has, a, he's a, he's a lawyer, went to law school in Idaho and mm-hmm. he's a lawyer in Montana where he passed the bar. And he, I think his, his degree cost him $120,000 to be a lawyer. Right. To be a lawyer. And, and, and the, you can immediately start earning that back the minute you, you know, oh, dude, he's, he's making more money per hour than I am now. Right. Like he went, I mean, he really took his time and now he, he was scraping by living on student loans, building up debt to get through film school with a family. I mean, he's building five to six billable hours per day and $200 an hour. Right. He is making more in a day than I make as a PA on Tacoma. Yeah, right. So, but film school, so should people go to film school? So here's the thing, you're going to graduate with a lot of debt and we don't know when or if you'll ever pay that off. Uh, as far as I can tell, So I can be transparent on that too. Like I had a Robert Redford scholarship and a talent scholarship. So my cost all in, aside from what I paid, I have $40,000 in student loans from school. Right. And my school closed down. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist anymore. So do you have to pay back your loan then? I do. You do? Even though who's it going to? They don't have school. The federal government loaned loaned me the money and then Mm. paid the school. And that is something I can never get rid of. It's you can't file bankruptcy on it. It lives with you till death. You will yeah. always owe that money unless you pay it back. The other side of this is there is a way that I could challenge that and say, well, my school's gone because the school actually never sent me my diploma. So right. I walked, I have the itinerary, the photos, like the whole thing, but I never got my diploma from the school. And there's a process to go get it through the parent organization laureate to go get that, but it's a bit of a pain in the butt. And they messed up my transcripts because I did that four-year program in two and a half years. So right. I, I really expedited things because I saw the writing on the wall that it was right. going to shut down. So I could challenge it and I could get that waived and then I would lose my degree. So I will have wasted two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So it's not really worth fighting to me. I'd rather have the degree. So I've just got to find the time to go fight that other battle before it. Well, just so you people know, 
you know, I've worked in TV for a long time, 27 years. And most of the writers that I work, if you want to be a screenwriter, very, very few actually went to film school. I was at a party a couple of weeks ago, uh, with a friend of mine who told me he went to film school and I've worked with him for many years. It's like, but you went to film school? It just doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. And when you get hired for, no one's going to ask you to see your degree. No one cares what your, your GPA was in film school. No one cares if you went or you didn't go. All they care is, can you put the words on the page that compel people to turn to the next page? And you don't need a, just the fact that you have a degree or even an MFA in creative writing or whatever. The degree is worthless. The knowledge that you gain might be worth something depending might. on, might. might be, depending on who's teaching it to you. Yeah. And, that, and I think that is more dependent on not necessarily the, uh, the school uh, or the program, but who's teaching that semester? You know, who did they get? Often these are adjuncts and sometimes the adjuncts are working screenwriters who have a, a break in their schedule and want to teach. And you may find one that's great but these adjuncts don't get paid a lot of money. So no. it's not a, I mean, and when I mean a lot, a lot of money, I'm talking about right. well, a couple of hundred bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, the people I've talked to for a semester, maybe they make $4,000. Yeah. Like it's not a lot of money. So they're not doing it for the money. And it's not a long-term career option when you're only making four grand, you know, grand for a semester. It's ridiculous. So, um, so uh, it just depends on who they got that semester. You may get somebody great. You may not. So the knowledge you get may be fantastic, but again, it's a trade school. You're getting, mm-hmm. if you want to be a filmmaker, do you want to learn editing? Do you want to learn lighting? Or do you want to, you know, then maybe, but as a screenwriter, no, you, you'll learn that and a million other things. There are way less expensive options, including, including our course that we offer, uh, that will teach you probably more in that area of specialty, in, in you know, the writing aspect. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't teach lighting, you know? <laughs> So. Yeah, and I decided to go because I was always a bit more interested in being an auteur, right? Shooting, mm-hmm. direct, writing, directing, producing, editing, just kind of understanding the full gamut. I also have like a, a bit of a control need, like I need to be able to understand. Yeah. And this comes from being in the tech space where I'd have engineers telling me something was going to take three weeks to get done. And then you learn how to code it and you realize they're just milk in the clock. And right. so that it comes from, I'd like to understand the full process so I can better work within that process and hold right. people a little bit more accountable from a leadership perspective. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, and, she, and and your note on, on film school is interesting too. Like on the writing side, no one cares. Mm. On the production side, I have actually had conversations with people who roll their eyes when they hear you went to film school. Yeah, really? It, people, it, it, producers, you mean? Uh, art, produ- art directors. Uh, Why I mean, do they roll their eyes? Department. Why do they roll the rest? I dealt with this when I was a missionary. You know, when you're a missionary and you've been out doing this stuff for like six months and then you're asked to train somebody new, that guy's coming from a place where they taught them how to be a missionary. But learning how to be a missionary versus being a missionary, just different things. Learning how to make a film and learning how to do a setup versus how a set actually runs, they're different things. The education may be correct, but the environment changes things. And so without fail, People who come in who said, I went to film school, think they know how to do it, mm-hmm. think they know better than their superiors, and it creates conflict because you those know, people think they're better than, than the people teaching them. We had, we had, Phil, we didn't have this conversation off the air. So just so you know, like I, so I worked with a producer on one of my TV shows, the line producer, he was the producer, and he said the same exact thing. He said that when he hires PAs for the show, 
And most of the PAs come out of film school, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand in debt. He goes, I have to untrain them. Yep. I have to un unlearn them everything they learned because they think they know, and it's just not how it works. And I was yep. like, really? He goes, yep, that's how he goes. I, I don't, so I, he, he doesn't prioritize hiring film students. He, he just as well hired someone who's not a film school student, have them learn on the job and learn instead of being winding up a hundred thousand in debt, they get paid, although not a lot, but they get paid to learn. No, you get paid. It is. I always describe it. And I knew this too, because when I moved to LA, I was 31 and I'd already had a, a very successful corporate career and I could have pursued that career. When I was in college, I got prospected to go be like a chief marketing officer at a bunch of startups in San Francisco, paying mm -hmm. way more money than I make now. And I turned them down because I, I was way more passionate about this thing I want to do in film. Um, but I always described it to people like I knew, I knew I was going to get coffee for people. I knew it was a lot of yes, sir, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. However much you need, what can I do? Because it really feels to me like it's the apprenticeship model out here, right? Mm -hmm. This is a trade where you learn under someone else who has done it. And you not only learn how to do it by the book, but you learn all the tips and tricks and hacks they had to figure out that were passed down to them as a lineage from the mm -hmm. people that taught them who learned it from the guy who was running around with the horses in 1908. Yeah. Right. So another thing that you might get from film school. So in other words, let's break it down. Okay, you'll is the, the diploma is not worth anything, but the knowledge you might get, especially in terms of screenwriting, might be valuable. Just totally depends, but you can spend a lot less on it. You might get contacts, depending on where you go, depending on your graduating class, and if you are willing to stay in contact with your, you know, if you if you stay in contact with your people, if you're friends with them, if you're not, those contacts are worth, but you know, your graduating class is worthless if you don't know the members of your graduating class. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's an expensive venture and, and it didn't help you get when, okay. So when you got your first PA job, did they ask if you went to film school? No, I think in fact, when I interviewed, it was probably one of those situations where I was disqualified because of it. Oh, really? Because you know, in the interview, it was for Brett and Link's buddy system. You got me the interview. Mm -hmm. You told me I can get you the interview. I can't get you the job. You got to earn the job. And I, I showed up. And I remember I disqualified myself by telling them I wanted to be a writer. That's really mm -hmm. what disqualified me. And then, yeah, it, no one, no one has asked me once, like not a right. single person has right. ever asked me if I went to film school. Right. And so you're I've GPA had to bring it up us. once or twice out of defense because someone was like trying to belittle. This is like, I ran into like a really toxic person um, in her season of Tacoma OT recently. Mm -hmm. And that person was belittling me by trying to explain to me things. And I had to say, yeah, I learned that in film school. And mm -hmm. then she looked at me and was like, yeah, I went to film school too. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. Right. I know how to calculate it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and but there are things in terms of screenwriting that you did not learn in film school. Oh, man. Um, you know, and this is no knock on anybody. You talk about like good professors and bad professors. Mm -hmm. We had an adjunct professor named Ed Kamara. And he's like, a legend. He wrote Lady Hawk, which was like a huge hit in the 80s. He wrote the Bruce Lee movie. Like he has actual credits under his belt. Retired, lives in Santa Fe, and he would come in and teach one class per year, and it was intermediate storytelling. And I got way more out of that class than I did any of my other writing classes, because he was telling you, here's how you write a screenplay. And we had to write a screenplay to get credit in the class. But compare that to my first class, and nothing against the professor, but we spent four weeks learning audio visual format for PSAs. 
And then we learned how to use Celtics because he wrote the book on Celtics and we had to buy the book on Celtics for his course. And like, you know, it was a lot of stuff. And then I had this really interesting moment. We've talked about on the podcast, but this is like a real thing that happened to me. He asked the room, we finally got into story and structure. He asked her, what's the definition of a story? And I just like perked up and I was like, I know this because it's literally the first thing you had taught me via an email. He asked me that question. And I looked around the room and people raising their hands and people are getting it wrong. And I just said, it's a, it's a hero overcoming an obstacle to achieve a goal. And the teacher turned around and changed his slides because he didn't have that definition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I've learned way more, I would say outside of film school about screenwriting through you and the stuff you've taught me also from just sitting down and writing. Yeah. Real benefit for me was that it forced me to write. But also you can build, and, and if you want to talk about your graduating class, since I, since I brought it up, but, um, you know, you can build your community outside of, you don't need to go to film school to build the community of people, of like-minded people who are, want what you want, which is to become either filmmakers or screenwriter, whatever it is. But it's like, you can build a community, especially online, yeah. because, uh, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to do that now. So much about the world has changed uh, with, you know, the internet and social media. So much, it's changed so rapidly that I, but I think so many people are still stuck in the old model thinking, well, no, this is how it has to be done. Uh, no. Myself included as well. You know, I, I sometimes feel that when it doesn't, you know, it, the world is changing. So, yeah, I, you know, we can talk about like generative AI and all of those things because I'm pretty steeped in those. I sent you a bunch of guides yesterday about mm-hmm. how to do some content out of like ChatGPT and stuff. But tool, like you said, technology has just changed things like you know, MySpace was a thing when I was in high school and Mm -hmm. Facebook was brand new when I got off my mission in 2008. And I barely, I had to figure out how to use that, but I just, YouTube wasn't a thing. I I remember sitting in my first class in film school and one of the assignments was, I want you to write down on a piece of paper, who is the filmmaker that inspired you to be a filmmaker when you were like 12 years old? And then he said, if you were inspired by a YouTuber, come talk to me, I have a different assignment for you. And I was like, what youtube was invented in 2005 i graduated in 04 right it's just text change things so i agree with you on that but in terms of like your network and growing a network like my network in my film school i went to school with a bunch of really passionate people about film who are way more way more technically savvy than i am um could make a picture out of a camera i can't even imagine because they just had access to better technology than i did they were much younger than me but i found most of them didn't understand story at all and the ones who did, you know, there's a small group of us who made it to LA. Out of that group of people, there's like four of them still here. One is working at an agency. One is in the WGA and writes on Selena. Uh, mm-hmm. She's amazing. You should go um, check out Selena. Um, uh, it's um, blanking on her name. It's Alexandra, but I'll, it'll come up to me. And then there's um, one guy who was like an to really put in a lot of effort making things happen. And now he's like a head of creative development at a pretty well-known studio. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. The, the, that's really it. i got a couple of friends who still live in LA, but they're not doing anything in the industry writing related. They're doing the visual effects and things, that, but they all want to be writers, directors. Like that's what right. they did. But the group well, that I think I associate the most with is actually your group in from the course. Yeah. Oh, be, uh, associate meaning making connections with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, prior to that, like, obviously I know people on set, I meet people on set, we trade scripts, we kind of have those things because I'm working with people. And then you learn everybody wants to be a writer. Everybody wants to be a director. There are not everybody. There are some people who are like, I want to be, a, I love lighting and I love camera and that's what I want to do. But a lot of people want to be writers and directors. And so you can meet a lot of like-minded people that way. Yeah. There are the events and things in LA that you can go to, networking events. There's social media meetups now. There's Zoom meetups with people. But your group, I, I want to highlight because the value of that group to me is these are people who've invested in themselves to learn yeah. from a professional who knows how to do it. Yeah. And we're all sitting down in this group and it's a group of people who are highly motivated. They're taking it very seriously. Yeah. They understand the fundamentals the same way that we all do. Yeah. And then now we're slowly lifting each other up to become mm -hmm. better. And there's new people joining every month and those people are jumping into this ecosystem. A very proactive we trade notes with those people. The notes are way better. I mean, yeah. those are my peers. Like one comes into town we meet up, we go pick it with him and Warner Brothers. He comes to my house. He eats food in my home. Right. And I, you know, that's Dave Crossman we talk about all the time, but right. lots of people in the LA area, you know, that we meet up with and do those things. That's the networking that really matters. And he's, you know, right. So just to be clear, because that's, I, you know, I have a screenwriting course on that and that comes with a private Facebook group. And that's what yeah. you're talking about. And what I see, it's interesting because I, I am a member of some public Facebook groups, uh, you know, screenwriting, and I don't go there. I don't know why I'm in them, but I don't go there. They're dark. It's man. just, they're dark places. People are mean. They talk shit. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's like, what? it's just toxic, but that's definitely not the sense uh, in our group, which is very much more supportive. It's not, and it's, not only that, we haven't even talked about this, Phil, but someone, I think it was Crossman in the group, decided to, hey, should we do a, 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 con a film, uh, a screenwriting contest? Film festival. A film festival. A film, a and so I was like, that's fun. That's a good idea. You told them to do it on a podcast. You said, I, I you, you were talking about the podcast. You said, and not Crossman, but you said, I'm, oh, you know what? I, I think our group needs to do. They need to like, just do a thing where they can like exhibit the stuff they're working on. And then yeah. someone did it. Right. Someone took the initiative to do it and it's not you know i'm i'm all for it i'm not involved in it but i'm all for it i'm like that's a great idea you know and it just helps it, first of all it raises everyone's profile in the group with other amongst themselves but also that'll spread i mean it, like they do this and one of these things um does well like if someone if everyone agree on hey this movie's really good or the screenplay is it i don't even know is it a movie or a script is it a it's, short, or they, it's produced stuff. Shorts. So it's taking your content and then producing it as a short Right, so imagine the top three entrants. Everyone agrees, like these are the three favorite. Like that will have legs. That people will talk about that. They'll share that outside of the group. Mm -hmm. They'll say, I mean, it, I don't see a downside to this. I, all I see is upside. The there were two, and I was thinking about. I was actually thinking about what stopped them from doing this two years ago. And the answer, and I came up with the answer. And the answer was one, someone felt like, well, this is a lot of work, which I get it, you know, to organize, it's not a lot, but it's, it's work to organize this. And then the second was probably, they're probably thinking, well, who am I to do this? Who am I to be the person? Like, what am I? I'm just a person. Why should I, like, who am I to say I'm capable? Well, why are you not capable? Like, who are you not to be the person? Yeah. Like, you're just as good as anybody else. What's the problem? And, but it's it's overcoming that little mental barrier that you created for yourself, thinking why should I, why I, why who am I to make a film con a contest? Well, you're you. That's who you are. Now you're the guy. Now you're the guy. 
or you know the woman creating this contest and uh and raising your profile in the process which is only a good thing yep so it's not it's not only good for the for the winners or the contestants it's good for the people who are involved in doing this yeah i mean and, and we've talked about it too like the proactiveness in that group of people like they're they have reading groups and then like that's yeah. booked out for like six months where they know for every week who's wow. reading these scripts they're exchanging notes. They do pitch fests. They bring in people yeah. outside of the group, professionals that they know. They shared their network with you to hear you pitch things, right? Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's nothing but, but. <laughs> good for them. I mean, seriously, yeah. and I'm not organizing this. They are they're being proactive, which is what I encourage you to do. May, control your put your this is your destiny. This is your fate. You yeah. got to make these opportunities for yourself. It's uh, it's only good, only good things to be the person. Even if you're just a connector, even if even if you're just the person that links two people together, now you are the connector. You're also yeah. valuable. So hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not gonna spam you, and it's absolutely free. Just go to Michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. No, this is this is the value of leadership. Like it's just leadership, is what I was it even is. asking. So are, are you getting involved in that? Is that what you're? I, I'm going to. I, I they don't know this. They'll, they'll listen mm -hmm. to this. I don't know. But yeah, I've got um, this final that I did in film school. Right, every project I've ever done, the audio has just been trash. It's just been right. wrecked. And the problem this time was my cinematographer didn't enable the on-camera audio. And so I did have a good audio person getting the audio. So I just was able to scrape it enough to get up an A on my final and get out. But I never finished the project. Mm -hmm. So that's a project that's sitting there. My friend Ken Joseph, who does the music for your podcast, mm -hmm. um, he's going to do the music on it as well. I'm just going to finally cut it and submit it. And then I'm gonna, probably going to put something together with a couple of people from the Tacoma crew who aren't working right now and mm -hmm. try to just get something shot and submit it just for fun. See, and this gets you off your ass. Yeah. Just, you know, lights a fire under your ass to do, but I bet you the- I can't not show up, Michael. Like I'm, yeah. I'm your, like, not that I have any clout, but it's like, I'm number two in the group just because of my tech admin status. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't show up, what message is that sending to people, you know? And so I take that on myself as my mm -hmm. responsibility for helping be involved and support the, the right. troubleshooting that goes on. Like, okay, I need to be an active participant. How many winners are they going to choose? I don't I have no clue on that. Yeah, well, I'll, I look forward to watching the uh, the winners. I'm not going to judge, but I will be, I will be, enjoy, I'll enjoy the the, the victors. Yeah, I'll enjoy their work. So, uh, I, yeah, and, and that's just, I mean, again, that's just people taking initiative of their own careers. You know, that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what you've been preaching for two years, man. Like you've been saying this. It's like yeah. no one's going to help you. You got to do it yourself. It's self reliance. I think this is just a lost American skill set that is a very important one. You, have, not, you, they don't. This is not film school. They don't have to go to film school to do all this. No, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't. This is this is where the conversation started. So, and, and, and on that note, it's like, like, do you have to go to film school? Absolutely not. My answer is no. Um, am I glad I went to film school? I don't know that I would be in the same place today if I hadn't. I right. think that I had to go through a lot of that stuff. Are there benefits to going to school and getting a, a degree in general? I think so. I think, you know, as someone who grew up 
you know, poor and, you know, I just kind of had this chip on my shoulder all the time that I was less than. So mm -hmm. going and getting a classic education from a liberal arts school, having my eyes open a little bit more by being, uh, you know, encouraged to read stuff I would have never read on my own. A lot right. of like, you know, I took classes on, on feminist literature because that was the course that fit into my schedule to check that box. And I took the right. history of, you know, science fiction, like, wow, learned so much about this like genre that I love and saw mm -hmm. the influence of that. So there's a lot of those benefits, I think, from a, a personal development perspective. But I'm also an autodidact. I mean, I've got right. shelves full of books that I can just read and learn on my own. And I believe right. anybody can do that. So yeah. it's to each their own, you know. And then with kids, my wife is not a believer in, in college and secondary education. She doesn't really care because it's not something that ever called out to her. I definitely see the value. And so our decision is it's up to our kids to decide and we'll support whatever they want to do. But I also know I've built a very healthy marketing career on my own that mm -hmm. did not go to school for. Right. Right. The, the the thing is like the, to graduate though with a hundred hundred or hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt, it's unsurmountable uh, for a lot of people, yeah. especially. And I think this is what the strike highlights: is people in Hollywood have this opinion that writers are just driving Lamborghinis and they're loaded. And the answer right. is no; they're middle class people. Yeah. They just live in a city that requires more money to live in, and but mm -hmm. they live a middle yeah. class lifestyle. Right. That would be the equivalent of a middle upper middle class lifestyle in any other suburban area of America right. Right. doing any other middle class job. There are outliers. It's a bell curve. There are people right. who make way less. There are a lot of people who make a lot more, but the average right. in the bell, they're just middle class people. And they're in my neighborhood. I mean, I just moved into this new neighborhood a year ago. And in my neighborhood, I go to this church and there are four people in the industry in the church. One's an editor at Sony. One was like the head gaffer for NCIS and he's retired now. And the other one's a composer for film and TV, right? Mm -hmm. But they live in what I would call an upper class, middle class neighborhood. They're not in the Hollywood Hills. I'm, right. as, I'm further away from LA than I've ever been because yes. this is where I can afford to put my family. Right, right, yeah. So it's just a little hard to to think about having that amount of debt. Yeah, uh, is when you can go to school for, you know, six seven years and then start making twelve hundred bucks a day as an attorney. Yeah. So do you really want like do you really want to add that for the same debt? For the same debt. So yeah. it's crazy. So it's probably just a better way to spend your money and your time. Uh, probably, I would I would think. And again, I I didn't go to film school. I, one of the writers, one of the best writers I've ever worked with didn't go to college. She was just a high school graduate. So, wow. you know, it's you a question of, can you put the words on the page? You don't, the degree will not open doors for you. No. You know? Yeah. And, and that, that ties into a limiting belief people talk about all the time is you have to go to Harvard to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. It's like, no, there are recruiting groups. There are kind of clicky things that can happen for sure. Like, and, and this is, I don't know. So I apologize if this is incorrect, but I've heard that the Simpsons largely hires people from Harvard. Yeah. And that was, that was really, that news is 30 years old. Sure. So I don't even know if they're hiring anymore. It's the, the, the Simpsons is not what it once was. Right. Uh, and people aren't leaving that show. If you're a writer on that show, you're not leaving because why would you? Why would you? So I don't know how many writers they hire, and I don't know if it's a. 
I know it once was a theater. I'll, you know, you go to the Lampoon. If you graduate, if you did the Harvard Lampoon, then you, you know, maybe you get some. But contact. that's a qualification, right? You to work at the Lampoon, you are qualified yeah. because you have to have a set, a certain joke set, a style of joke. So, I mean, that just makes sense to me. I know there's a big like USC producing. Um, I wouldn't call it click, but network. Like if you went yeah. to the productions producing school at USC people that has value to people in the producing side because they know the quality of the education that you have yeah right but i mean that's that's alumni networks and that's been around for forever yeah no different right. the difference here is i know that if i need to find a job tomorrow so let's say the strikes end tomorrow and tacoma mm -hmm. is canceled which is not but if it did what's my next step my step is to send out emails to everybody i know that I've worked with in the four years I've been on Tacoma FD, letting them know this is the kind of job I'm looking for. Let mm -hmm. me know if you hear anything. And right. I know that my work ethic will shine that if there's an opportunity, they'll ask me. Right. They'll, they'll recommend me. Right. That's the same network. Yeah. I got that working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You built that yourself, really. So, you know, and, and oh, another, another thing you can do when you just, if you decide to take a course or a class, uh, and I've, I've talked about this before, so I apologize for repeating myself, but whoever your teacher is, if it's screenwriting, mm -hmm. ask to read their work. It's okay. That's, that's okay. And you could say, I'd love to, before you sign up, I'd love to read what your work is. And then they'll give you a script. If, they don't, if they're not willing to share their work, the what's the flag. problem? It's a red, red flag. flag. And if you can't, or and if you read it and you're not sure whether you, like, whether you think it's good or not, there's a, a simple test. When you turn to page one and you get to the bottom of page one, do you want to turn to page two? And it's the bottom of every page. Do you want to turn the page and find out what happens next? If it's eh, if you're if you're on the fence, it's not it's not good enough. It should you it it really should be captivating. You should want to. It's it's entertainment. If it's not entertaining you, that's how you judge. There's no secret language to figure out whether you know. And I didn't know this when I first broken to Hollywood. I didn't know this. I would read a script and I go, it looks like a script. I don't know. It, or I was, I was doing coverage for, uh, for a publisher. And I was, so I was, would this book make a good movie? So I was reading a lot of books and they'd say, do you think it'd make a good movie? And I'm like, I, I guess. Like, I remember reading, taking, you know, months to read a, or whatever, you know, weeks to read a book and thinking this is dreadful. I guess it's a good movie. No, it, it's actually a lot simpler. It, it shouldn't feel like torture turning the page. Yeah. And that's um, a real thing. And we're having read so much stuff now, you know, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, you know, quick. Suck. So ask to read their work. And if you don't like it, then don't study from them. They're not going to, like, it's, it's really as simple as that. And if you do like it, great. Maybe you'll study them. Still doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a great teacher. Sometimes there's a, yeah. sometimes they can't crystallize. They can't put, they, you know, they just might have some raw talent that they can't really, doesn't mean they're they're good at sharing their knowledge. It means they have some kind of thing in them that, uh, you know. So there, there's that. Uh, well, and you, let me pay you a compliment too, Michael, because we've had a lot of people go through your course, and one of the one of the common, you know, testimonials we get or reviews we get is just how easily digestible it is mm -hmm. and how packed with value it is. And I remember we've had two people in particular. One, um, Bruce Gordon left you this great review. He said that. And I'm paraphrasing him, but he said that the learning, it's a, it's the, the whole course, the learning process is so easy to get through 
that mm-hmm. it's impossible to not get value out of the back end. Right. And we had someone who recently signed up within the last month who is literally, this is her job, is learning systems, online learning management. And oh. she wanted to know what platform we were using because she was so impressed with it. And I was like, really? it's the most popular platform. Everyone uses this platform. It's not that. It's the fact that you're teaching valuable stuff organized in a way that makes linear and logical sense that anybody right. can grasp. It's, it's really and the secret. There's no secret from it's just like I, I I try to explain it in very simple terms so an idiot can get it. I'm not interested in. Oh, and I'm an uh, idiot. You've said things that I've heard a thousand times over in books and courses. And it wasn't until you said it, I was like, oh, that's no, no, duh. Like, yeah. No, duh. Okay. Because I, I don't want to make it harder for my like when I'm working in a writer's room, I, I don't want to make it harder for myself. I, I like, you know, I. I want to make it simple for me to think about these problems. So I, I don't want to make it harder. The job is hard enough as it is. Why make it harder? Make it simpler. Uh, you're just, you're telling a story. It's not heart surgery. Don't in make your it so complicated. You, yeah. And your structure in the course that you talk about, your bottom of act one, the way you define that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that yeah. just made so much sense. The, the first half of act two. Oh my gosh. Makes yeah. so much sense. And I remember I was lucky enough. I came out to like Disneyland with my family and I swung by your garage to talk about like you know, marketing stuff for your wife's company. And mm-hmm. we we're just hanging out like where you were recording. And I remember sitting there and you were like, well, what can I do for you? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I just love to know what you think about story. And you broke the whiteboard out for me the same way you do in the course. Yeah. And I was in film school at the time. And the way you laid it out, just, I wanted to cry. Cause it was like, this is so easy. Yeah. See, it's easy. <laughs> we don't make things harder. <laughs> my, my partner, we're trying to make things harder than yeah. it has to be. Uh, and you can, and that's not to say it's formulaic or, 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 you know, facile. It's just like, no, cause you could tell, you could tell a complicated nuanced story, but you don't have to make the beats of it complicated. It's the, you know, you don't have to, geez. Cause awesome. you know, you got, we got to do this every week, you yeah. know, <laughs> I was watching get out on the plane. I, I, I've, I'd never seen get out. I bought it. I wanted to watch it. I just never made the time. And I watched it mm-hmm. on the plane yesterday and like this thing happens. I was like, I know where we're at. And I checked yeah. the time. Nope. We're there. Yeah. Nope. That, yeah. oh, beat by beat by beat. It felt right. The greatest into it. films of the last five, six years, beat by beat by beat. It's the same story structure we use in Tacoma FD. Right. Using King of the Hill, wherever it is. It's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. The way Jordan Peele does it. I could never do because mm-hmm. surprised fascinating great that's right. him but it's the same structure right the structure is the same right so yeah. that's where you put the art don't be the structure is just like you know that's building a house like okay if you know how to frame a house you, you should be able to frame the house and then the the, the, the color of the paint and the, the yeah. tiles all that stuff is the the you can that's the decorations and that requires your taste and and um and how you know how you want to execute it that's fine but don't make the structure the hard part yeah yeah it's structures are not hard you have a foundation and you have steps that's it everything else the way you put in your electrical system what type of like water heater you use what you know the piping you use how is it connected the junction box that's the complicated stuff that's you that's your craft but the the framing that that's a that's a process right so one thing i wanted to tell you so i was at dinner with paul soder when i was on the quasi tour and we were talking about writing in the writer's room and TV and all of this stuff. And I told him this advice that you gave me, which was one, learn hotkeys if you're going to be a writer's assistant and two, shut the F up. Your job is not to talk in the room. Your job is to sit there and take notes and listen and learn. And that's Mm -hmm. what you're going to do. And Paul Soder paid you and, uh, and your writing partner a great credit. He said, yeah, I remember 
my first season in Tacoma, I just remember sitting there and wanting to shut up and say nothing and just learn from these guys. Oh, wow. Because okay. although they have great career in indie film and, and doing major film, studio films, like they were still learning from you too because of yeah. us. I think, it, I think it goes back to the simple, the simplicity with which you're doing it. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. And those guys are, you know, their movies, they've made some really fun movies that really, that people really love. And they've made quite a few. They've made, I don't know how many, maybe probably less than 10 movies, but it's, it's quite a few, but it's probably not more yeah. than 10, right? It's eight, so, I say, but yeah. Okay, let's say, let's say it's eight. And many of them have done really, really well. These low budget movies that have really made some money and, and, and they have a huge cult following, but they've only made, they've only told eight or whatever, eight or 10 stories. Whereas like when you're in TV, when we started, we were doing 22 stories a season. And it's that repetition that really is like, that's where you really learn how to figure out what story structure is. And you do 22 episodes to, over my 27 year career. It's like, okay, it becomes a lot easier uh, yeah. to know what a story is and how to break a story. Whereas in the beginning of my career, I was like, ah, sitting in a writer's room, watching the other more senior writers break a story. It was like, it was like a magic trick. It's like, how do you know how to do any of this? Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool, man. And so to answer the question, do you need to go to film school? My answer is no. And for most people, I would actually encourage you not to, because mm -hmm. you're going to get the debts, you're going to get the student loans, and none of it's going to help you progress in your career. Is there a chance it's going to help you with your craft and get better at your craft? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a little bit of it's luck of the draw, though, like you said. It really depends on the teachers you get, depends on how committed you are. But yeah. Is it going to make you a better writer? No. Are there less? Are there far less expensive ways to get the same amount of you know knowledge and connections? Yes, absolutely. It might require a little more work, but think about how much money you're saving. So yeah, there's a doctor, a pretty uh, renowned doctor, right now, Peter Atia. Have you heard of him? No, Doctor Peter Atia. He's like in the health and fitness and long. He's a longevity doctor. So he literally oh, tells you how to live. Oh, he's, I think he's I have, yeah. Chris. He's a Chris Hemsworth doctor, and he From was Harvard. Like, this guy. Uh, I don't think it was Harvard. It was John Hopkins. He was a surgical intern at John oh, okay. Hopkins. But okay. um, anyway, he's ever, he's a book just came out um, just a couple of months ago. Really, really good book about longevity. And he, he had talked about this thing called Centenarian Olympics, which is how do I live to be 100 and still be able to get down on the ground and play with my kids and put it over something in the overhead compartment, like right. all of the things that kill people, uh, old right. people, because they don't have that. But he was talking on a podcast about vaping and nicotine and all that stuff and he's like i don't have a problem with nicotine the problem is the device and it's the tobacco and this is for me i always very, view things in two types it's risk and reward and there's levels there's a scale of risk and a scale of reward and i think this applies directly to film school for people the risk is is it like getting hit by a by a tricycle or is it getting hit by a bus right and the reward is am i stepping over to pick up a dollar or picking up gold coins yeah and there's an offset. If the risk to reward are matched, it might be worth pursuing. If the risk to reward are misaligned, it's not. And my opinion here is it's the financial equivalent of getting hit by a bus yeah. to pick up dollars because you're going to go to LA via PA and you're going to make minimum wage mm -hmm. for four, five, six years. And you may never get out of that. I know people when the AMTP, like, excuse me, not the AMTP, but the IOTC strike was going on. They were talking about how they never made it past Pete Ryder's assistant because they'd get on a show and it would get canceled. 
and then they would get on a show as a writer's assistant and it'd get canceled. Yeah. Six years down the road, they haven't become a staff writer, even though they're knocking at the door because luck of the draw. Yeah, there's luck there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, there's your answer, Phil. How's that go. for? All right. Well, let's before we wrap it up, let's tell people what what more they can get. Uh, we have a lot of resources. That, but Lots of free. Forget about paying, Phil. Same film. Yeah. I got a film school here. It's free. So um, Here, here's here's the big one, Michael. You talked about um, if you want to learn from somebody, read their stuff. Well, you give away your stuff. You had me put this on the site, so yeah. it's on your about page. There's a form. You fill it out, and then Michael will send you a bunch of actual written and produced episodes of TV show. It's like King of the Hill and a bunch of other yeah. stuff in there. But you can go read your produced writing, and then go watch the show, which is I think a step beyond. It's yeah. like. You can immerse, see what you did and see how it ended up and result, yeah. which is pretty cool. So michaeljammy.com, I want to say it's about, but you can just go to the main I think navigation it's about, yeah. and you can go get it there and that'll be sent directly to you. Uh, the free lesson, the same lesson you taught me, the one I talked about with my professor, you can mm -hmm. get that lesson in a longer format with more detail, but more entertaining. And that's michaeljammy.com slash free. It's yeah. how to tell a story. Um, you've got your a paper orchestra stuff, which we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, webinar webinar every three weeks now we're doing a webinar it's about story free. absolutely free free. Webinar come join michael for an hour um mm -hmm. get your questions answered there's mm -hmm. we've been doing this private vip thing where you just do q a with people for about an hour or so yeah. after and that the results coming out of that people love that they're they're big yeah. fans of that, that one is that that is not free as a small there's a small fee for that to cover some of our expenses but uh you know but yeah, but you don't have to do that. And you answer questions throughout the whole webinar as well. And we often yeah. put them on podcasts. So yeah. you, you, again, access to a professional writer, I would have killed for 10 years ago that I yeah. never had. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and then um, a paper orchestra. I think that's that was what you were going to talk about. You were going to yeah. tell oh. us a little bit about that process. You're doing the audio book, right? Oh, what, one of the things, yeah, I'm excited. That'll be dropping in a couple of months, but because um, so, we're still producing the audio book. And what I've always, when I was writing this, it's a collection of personal essays, so, but they're stories. It's not about, it's not an essay. It feels like a story. It feels like you could shoot it. It feels like an episode of a television show. But um, I wanted people to, at the end, when I was writing it, I want people to feel something and feel something like laugh and then feel this maybe discomfort at the end or something that hit them in the heart. And I don't, and I want them to sit in it. And I don't want them, as I was writing, I was like, how do I get people to just sit in this and not turn the chapter? Once the chapter's over, I want them to sit in it. I don't even want them to turn the page. I want them to really just feel it for a while. And in, in, in the audio book, this like, how do you do that in a regular book? You can't, you, you know, you can only hope that they do that. When I do my show, as I, I perform this, as I say afterwards, I want you, my goal is I, I want you to go to your car and just before you turn the ignition, just sit in it. Like I'm, I'm too, you know, I, I'm too, I'm rocked. I'm too rocked to even turn the ignition for a couple, you know, you know, half a minute or whatever. But for the audiobook, I'm actually able to do this. I'm actually, I can force you to do this because I have, I, I, I do the story and I gave each story, the audiobook to this composer that I work with, Anthony Rizzo on, on Marin who's working with me on the audiobook, And I said, if this story, if this piece, this chapter was a piece of music, what would it sound like to you? Mm -hmm. And so this is his chance to do his art. He came back with these beautiful scores. So at the end of every piece, every chapter, it goes into music that he wrote and you, you just listen to it. And it's like, it, it carries you out. It carries the, the last note of the story is the note, the first note of his, 
uh, the score. And it really forces you to sex. And some of them are up and some of them are down. And some of them are, you know, happy and some of but it's it's wonderful how we did this. And so the audiobook, I think, I think this makes it more of an experience. And I haven't heard an audiobook done this way. So that's so cool. And yeah. this this I, you know, having had the privilege of seeing you perform this live last year in LA. Um it did that. It did that for me. I still think I'm thinking about it now. I think it was your story. Yeah. I think it was called Ghost. Is that yeah. right? Ghoul. Oh, the ghoul. The ghoul. Yeah. Ghoul. And uh, yeah, man, just thinking about that, all that emotion comes right back. Yeah. Really, the score like he did for that. The score yeah. he did was freaking haunting. I was like, man, this is really good. <laughs> so uh, I'm so excited. So, so the cool thing is, for people who can't see you live, they can get a yeah. taste of that performance of you live. Yeah, with it sounds like plussed up with some some amazing music too. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I do hope to tour with it, but not to obviously not to your not to every city. Uh, it has to be your I guess bigger cities. But um, yeah. but yeah, and so if you want to know more about that or be notified when it drops, it's slash upcoming And uh, yeah, that's we're, we're working on it. But okay. The only other thing was the newsletter. The watch. Oh, the newsletter. Weekly, your top three um, things. Some also updates. We started adding updates like what podcast episodes coming out, Mm -hmm. um, what webinars coming up, that kind of stuff. Just a little bit more informational, but the value is still there with those three free pieces of content delivered every Friday right to your inbox. Yeah, and we do a really we do we proactively work to not do anything marketable or salesy to that newsletter. So if you want a lot of free content and you don't really care too much about, you know, some of the other stuff that we're doing with the course and, and that you're, you're safe there, go sign up yeah. for the watch list because it's really meant to just to be a value add of content that you're putting out already, just digesting it and getting it to people directly in their inbox. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. So that's it. So Phil's in charge of all of that. Is it like, Phil, you do a great job just in keeping all of that up to date and keeps the website up to date. We just did a whole revamp on it because, um, you know, when we changed systems last year, there was some, there were a lot of people who wanted marketing that were not getting it because we try to protect that watch list so much from any types of salesy stuff. And you're really big on that. You don't want to be a salesy guy at all. Yeah. Um, So we did clean that up a bit. So if you haven't been here from Michael and you start, it's because we clean that up, but we even just set it up so you can, they can manage their own list. So if they, want to be marketed to um, and they decide they don't, they can unsubscribe from that, but keep the watch list. We, we really right. did a lot of that stuff. Right. Trying to make it better. Yeah. And thank you for all that. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you. Another great episode. Phil and I will be back very soon with more. Until then, keep writing. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammin and Phil Hudson. If you're interested in learning more about writing, make sure you register for Michael's monthly webinar at michaeljammin.com slash webinar. If you found this podcast helpful, consider sharing it with a friend and leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. For free screenwriting tips, follow Michael Jammin on social media at Michael Jammin Writer. You can follow Phil Hudson on social media at Phil A. Hudson. This podcast was produced by Phil Hudson. It was edited by Dallas Crane. Music by Ken Joseph. Until next time, keep writing.